In one minute, my co-pilot Judith Williams and I, Catherine Che, will take flight for our first episode of Crosscheck and All Call. If you're interested in the nuts and bolts of business travel for road warriors, then hit subscribe, because we'll be coming at you every Monday morning until we reach 4 million miles. May we have your attention, please? At this time, turn up the volume on your portable electronic devices. We now request your full attention for Crosscheck and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Crosscheck and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Crosscheck and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Judith Williams. And I'm Catherine Che. Welcome to Crosscheck and All Call, our, I'm going to go ahead and say it, indispensable guide for women business travelers by women business travelers who have logged more than enough miles to know that you never connect through Houston in the summer or Chicago in the winter. We'll be sharing travel tips to keep those skies extra friendly because, you know, some people aren't ready for us. And when I say us, I mean women. We've arrived to help you navigate an industry that just wasn't designed with us in mind. Guys, you're welcome to listen and learn, too. Here's a little bit about us. I'm Judith Williams, a former tech executive and current human resources consultant, a road warrior who logs over 100,000 miles a year. I'm Catherine Che, management consultant, road warrior for 15 years, and I have lifetime platinum status on Starwood. We're going to take flight right now and cover some airline news that has been causing us some turbulence. So Aer Lingus has come out with an offer to hire inexperienced pilots and train them for free. And by inexperienced, they mean you only have to be 18 years old and not colorblind. Oh, my gosh. They're recruiting inexperienced pilots. They train them for 14 months. After an additional 12 weeks of training in Dublin on the A320, these fledgling pilots will be set to take control of the cockpit as a first officer. Then they're off and running. Do any other airlines have programs like this? Yeah, apparently JetBlue does. So they have a gateway program that's four years long and costs applicants $125,000. So they have to be old enough or rich enough to pay that. Um, And they have to be 23 upon completion, not 18. Yeah, that seems like a big difference. But you remember that, that Southwest pilot who, that badass woman, how long was she a pilot? I'm sorry, Judith. Remember that Southwest pilot? (laughs) Remember when there was a massive air accident in the sky? Yeah, actually, I do. So Captain Tammy Jo Schultz of Southwest Airlines Flight 1380 was among the first women to fly an F-A-18 Hornet for the Navy. She served in the Navy for a mere 10 years reaching the rank of Navy Lieutenant Commander. She left in 93, and after that, she trained military pilots. She's been flying for 35 years. Her husband is also a pilot, so you know their um, at-home conversation is very interesting. Imagine that pillow talk. Ooh. Yeah. I instead would like you to imagine what happens when an 18-year-old with a couple months of training has the same situation on Southwest. So I think at the end of the day... We might want to think very carefully before flying Aer Lingus or JetBlue. Yeah, that's our travel tip for you. Think hard about that. Aer Lingus, JetBlue. Okay, Judith, now that the news is out of the way, I have a topic that I want to talk about that's kind of inspired by this last news item. 
And that is all the ways that United would have fucked up the Southwest situation. Right. As Catherine reminded us, on Tuesday, April 17th, a Southwest Airlines flight actually had a pretty catastrophic accident. And fortuitously or not, at that time, all the Southwest executives were actually in a meeting and their phones immediately began to blow up so that they could strategize and get their emergency response plan into action. Uh, you know, we've heard about the heroic efforts of the pilot. And, and then after she, with nerves of steel, landed the plane, she paused and she thanked every person on the plane and made sure everyone was OK. She walked up and down the aisle. And then uh, Tuesday night, the company Southwest decided that they were going to change their whole maintenance system for the planes uh, to make sure they were looking at the fan blades. They also arranged a special flight that night um, to Dallas. They remember, they landed in, uh, I believe it was Philadelphia. Uh, so that and that flight was staffed by a veteran crew, so people who really knew how to make people feel comfortable. And then uh, Southwest has continued to communicate with all of those individuals who are on the flight. Now, the day after, that's Wednesday the 18th, the company actually gave everybody on the flight $5,000 so that they could cover their immediate expenses. And it had an email that was signed by the CEO and actually started out by saying, and this is a quote, on behalf of the entire Southwest Airlines family, please accept our sincerest apologies. Uh, and, and what that really tells me is that from the top to the bottom, Southwest has been really thoughtful about the culture that they want to create and the people that they want to hire. And I actually read that when it comes to hiring, Southwest actually looks for three key traits. They want someone to have a servant's heart, a warrior spirit, and a fun-loving attitude. And I think you see that in the way that they dealt with that situation. So here's why we're sort of interested in the way that United would have reacted in the same situation. You might have noticed at the beginning when we said that we've logged enough miles to know that you don't connect through Chicago in the summer, or sorry, Chicago in the winter, or Houston in the summer. And that's because Houston and Chicago are United hubs. And we'll be really transparent here. United owns Judith and me. Yes. I have over a million miles with them, Judith is inching up on that. So we sort of fly United as much as possible, a lot of times against our will. Here's how we think United might have handled the situation. Um, would the flight attendants have been calm and kind, Judith? What do we think? I think probably most of them, although I will admit there are some United flight attendants who have been flying for a very long time and are perhaps just clocking their hours until retirement. Yes, although they do have to deal with some of the biggest jerks on the planet. But I'm with you. I think the flight attendants probably would have been great. Would the captain have been calm and reassuring? What do you think? Oh, definitely. And I've actually had captains just flying when I'm in the front of the plane come up and down the aisles and introduce themselves and give you their card. They're always courteous. They're always friendly. They're always really competent. Would the company executives, would United executives have been humane and empathetic? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know this as well as I do. This is where United screws it up every single time. Yeah. So this is the company that decided instead of giving performance bonuses, we're just going to enter people who do their jobs well into a lottery so they have a chance to get a bonus. And these are not people who are making a ton of money, right? We've got families to feed. Some of these folks are depending on their bonus. 
And they could be entered into a lottery for like an extra prize. Right. These are this is also the airline when the CEO said that he realized that there was a problem in accommodating an oversold flight after they had dragged a man off the plane with his head bleeding. Yeah. So let's talk about what we think the immediate response from United would have been had a fan blade broken off and broken a window on their on their airplane. So first thing, there would have been no communication. United would have been like, what? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. We don't know what happened to the plane. We're running an investigation and we'll let you know when we find something out. It would have been pretty radio silent. And let's be very clear that there would have been... Uh, No plane for these folks to get to Dallas. They would be like, here's a voucher for you to get a meal in the airport. You know, I do think that they would have tried to find them empty seats on other planes going where they were going. But it wouldn't they I don't think that they would have found an empty airplane and found another flight with not just experienced crew, but people who had some training in dealing in the aftermath of trauma. I think you're absolutely correct. And instead of having people experience in dealing with the aftermath of trauma, I'm pretty sure that United Customer Service would have found a way to blame the people on the plane for, I don't know, being on the plane. Yeah, I so I don't and I don't. Here's the thing about United that's so frustrating is that they wouldn't have done it directly. They would have done it in a way that would have been a masterclass in shade at exactly the time when shade would not have been appropriate. Exactly. And look, I saw the photographs of the individuals who clearly had not listened to the safety briefing. So did not put the oxygen mask over both their their nose and their mouth. Now, we know that United would have blamed them for that. That's where the shade could have come in. So look, I have, like I said, I've logged over a million miles, almost a million and a half with United. I have flown other airlines. I always listen to that safety briefing because it's the difference between living and dying should something terrible go wrong. The fact that people feel comfortable not paying attention just shows how safe air travel is. But they very clearly state at the beginning of every flight, put the mask over your nose and mouth over your nose and mouth, every single time, over your nose and mouth. I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard that. And while I might not always pay attention to the safety briefing, I do take that card out and I look at all the safety features of the plane and I also identify where is my closest exit and which of these people am I going to have to knock over to get there? Well, I don't think about knocking the people over. You're a better person than I. (laughs) I don't know that that's true. But in addition to the safety card and the safety briefing, there is a flight attendant actually demonstrating putting that mask on. That must be one of the grossest parts of their job is just constantly putting that mask on over their nose and mouth. Maybe they have their own personal mask that they get to keep. No? I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. They, like, wrap that thing up and put it in the overhead compartment. Yeah, that is pretty gross. Now, now, what about this $5,000? Do you think that United would have given everyone on the flight $5,000 for expenses? No. they went, That might have been, like, $5,000 travel voucher on United. So after your horribly traumatic experience, you could fly United again. Because everybody wants to do that. You know, I, I feel like United is a lot like having an abusive boyfriend. Most of the time... They are just really awful to me. But once in a while, they do something right. And I just keep go, go crawling back. Wow, that was dark. That was really dark. This is what happens when you fly United Airlines. So 
all in all, we don't think that United would have been as generous or humane in their response to what happened on Southwest. So shame on us for flying United, because do you plan to fly Southwest in the future? No. In fact, I have at least two flights on United already booked. How about you, Catherine? I have at least three. I have at least three. And I'm traveling with a mandolin these days. And so all I can remember is that United breaks guitars. Oh, that was such a good song. We will link to it on the website if you have not already seen this. Um, If you can't wait that long, Google it. It's so good. So as we're thinking about this, I want to just say pay attention to the safety briefing uh, and make sure that you know where the exits are. So speaking of United Breaks Guitars and what that guy saw out his window, I don't know if he actually took a picture of it. But something that you and I do quite frequently is to surreptitiously take photos of some of the travel sins that we see and then post them for me on Snapchat and Instagram and for you on Facebook. So we love seeing these photos. Our friends love seeing these photos. Uh, There are some tips that we have for you if you also want to take photos of travel sins and post them to keep yourself from getting caught. Because there are a number of times when somebody has turned and given me a funny look for taking photos. Um, So we have some we have some things that we recommend that you do when someone, for instance, decides to start a new line for group one because they can't believe that. Group one and group two would be boarding together. And I, I'm i a fan, since I'm pretty much always on Facebook, of pretending to actually continue to be on Facebook as I snap pictures. Now, you can get away with this as long as you don't have that shutter sound enabled on your phone. Yeah, you got to shut the shutter sound off on all of your camera apps. Um Because one time I was flying and some cretin put her foot up on my footrest by my elbow, and she had kind of a wonky toe, which is not her fault, right? That's fine. We all have weird things about our bodies. Don't put them on my elbow. Let's be very clear. No one wants to see your feet on their armrest. No one wants to see your feet in their seat. No one wants to see your feet on the plane. We don't want you cutting your toenails on the plane. I've definitely seen that. I've taken a picture of a guy cutting his toenails and his fingernails, not on the plane, but in the terminal area, in the airport lounge. We don't want to see you spreading out over three seats when the gate area is full. We don't want to see you stretching out and taking a nap, especially in the handicapped seating section. I saw that recently. That's a big one. We don't want to see you uh, surreptitiously picking your nose and rubbing it on the window. I saw that one. Uh, We highly recommend not putting your hand down your pants while you watch porn on the plane. Yeah, that's a big one. Also, if you are going to watch porn, turn that sound down. Keep your hands on your pants. And keep your hands to yourself. Ladies with long hair. I know sometimes it gets hot on the plane for some of you. Please don't throw your hair over the back of the seat so that I can't see whatever happens to be playing on the screen in front of me. Because then I'm just seeing your hair, which is not all that entertaining. Right. And it's not that great. And when you're getting on the plane with all of your bags, remember that the overhead bin is for your larger carry-on. 
and the seat in front of you is for your personal item. Because if you are one of those people that believes all of the space is for you, I will be taking a picture of you and posting it to Facebook. And here's how we're going to get away with it. Here's our other tip with respect to doing this on the sly so that people don't know what you're doing in case you don't want to have the confrontation about what you're doing. And that is make it look like you're taking a selfie. People don't know which camera's on. And if you smile really big at your camera while you are taking photos of the jerks around you and turn off the shutter sound, nobody will ever know. Right. And also, don't use the flash. Duck face works just as well. Don't use the flash. That's a good one. We really love the Instagram account Passenger Shaming. I actually had my picture of the wonky foot published on that. It does invite perhaps some unwanted commenting unexpectedly. So keep that in mind. So we've talked about some of the travel sins that we photograph and publish happening in the airport and on the airplane. Let's talk about some of the things that we've seen go down in the lounge. Because we've seen some things. I have overheard people discussing very sensitive information, business information in the lounge. Like they're in the cone of silence. And guess what? They're not in the cone of silence. Like it would be easy. It would have been easy for me to pick up the phone and call their hotline. So the board of directors knew that they had an employee talking randomly about some serious management stuff that was going down with the CEO. No insider tips, though? I mean, if you wanted to short the stock. (laughs) That's always a good bet. Well, I have uh, definitely seen people who feel like when they get in the lounge, they get a whole row of seats. You've got to remember that your bag doesn't actually need its own seat. I, I feel like those are the same people who are leaving nasty garbage and food schmear everywhere. There are people who come around and bust the, the areas, but fundamentally, your mother does not work in the lounge. Please don't act like she does. Well, you just find people who are just they're way too at home. And so they're sitting there on their tablets without headphones. Come on, people. You need headphones in the lounge. Yeah. We don't really want to know what's happening on whatever uh, porn again or soap opera or whatever movie. Like, Even if it's a movie I love, I don't want to hear it. I'm not watching the movie. And can you either, like, turn the sound down? Because you got, you got those ears for your the rest of your life. Or... Get a better set of headphones than the ones that come with your device, because here's what I hear. I don't like it. No one likes it. So here's something else. We are happy to see your children in the lounge. No, we're not. We are varying degrees of happy or not happy to see your children in the lounge. I get it. They're there. It's fine. I would appreciate it if you would keep them from running into me or my belongings, whether I am still or on the move to the bathroom or going to get another drink. It would be great if they didn't run into me as they played chase throughout the lounge. And then when they do run into you, it would be great that the parents don't blame you for standing when their wonderful little bundle of joy barrels into you. Oh, are you serious? Like a heart attack. I have never had that happen. I've had parents be really apologetic. Look, I get it. Travel is hard. Travel is hard for adults. It's hard for children. They got to get the wiggles out. Please don't slam into me. I am. I look solid. I'm not a small woman, but I'm kind of frail. 
Another thing about the lounge is this is one of the few places in the airport where people actually do leave their bags unattended. And so if you see someone's bag anywhere in the lounge, don't touch their bag. Wait, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. Did you say something? Of course I said something. Have you met me? I mean, what did you say? I said, don't touch my bag. Oh, they were touching your bag? Yeah. What were they? Were they just like checking out the brand because it was so awesome? I don't even know. Maybe they were trying to move it because they thought that this was an empty chair and they were going to move my bag from the chair to the ground. And I was like, hello, that's my bag. I feel like the older I get, the more likely I am to tell somebody not to mess with somebody else's stuff as well. Like, I definitely would would say, that's not your bag, because I've yelled that across a baggage claim area when somebody was trying to snatch my large bag off of the conveyor belt. But I think in the lounge that I would definitely say, I'm pretty sure that's not your bag. What are you doing? I'm pretty sure you're the only person in the lounge that's willing to speak up for someone else, because the things that I see, anyway. And then just as a... Another one that I think is really important, although it's very tempting because in some lounges, Air Canada, I'm talking to you, they provide a lot of free liquor. Do not get drunk in the lounge because they won't let you on the plane. How do you know that they won't let you on the plane? I just know it, okay? They won't let you on the plane. you got to be careful with that. So make sure that you save your dreading drunk. You can have a little, enjoy yourself, but don't get plastered until you're actually on the plane. I can hear how you're trying to wrap this up, Judith, but I still have more questions. So you were in Canada, obviously, in the Air Canada Lounge. Maple Leaf Lounge. International lounges are always better than domestic lounges. What were you drinking? Scotch? Really? Really. So I, 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 this is, I was in Vancouver for a dragon boat race with some of my dragon boat teammates. And I said, hey, let's go to the airport early. And they were like, no. And I was like, well, I'm going to the airport early. You can go with me or not. We got to the airport and I said, let's go into the Maple Leaf Lounge where they have large bottles of scotch. So one of my teammates got very excited and poured us tumblers of scotch. Now, granted, he was a very big guy. But he got very drunk. And we were fortunate to all get on the plane. You did not keep your cool. I'm not the one who didn't keep their cool. Are you sure? All right, I think we should just move on. We don't need to talk about that right now. (laughs) Let's move on and remind our guests how important it is to listen to the safety briefing. Make sure that you look at the safety card in the seat back pocket. Be very careful when you are Snapchatting. Don't use the stutter sound. Don't use the flash and smile when you take that fake selfie. And in the lounge, remember, it's not your home. It's communal space. Just be aware. Don't touch stuff that's not yours. So speaking of stuff that we would be carrying with us in the lounge, let's talk about one of our favorite things to talk about, and that is luggage. Luggage. So given that we travel all the time, we're always on the lookout for advancements and anything to make our airborne lives easier. So we have this section of our podcast that we're devoting to things that are airworthy and things that should be grounded. We need to honor this first show by sharing our love of the best luggage in the world. Now, I say that. Let me give you a little bit of context for what we're looking for in a bag. Um, I'm looking for something... 22 inches or preferably under. 
right? Our goal is to never check a bag. So you want to be sure that you're going to have a bag that's going to fit in the overhead bin. And 22 inches is going to fit in the standard domestic overhead bin. If you're traveling internationally, specifically on a non-U.S. airline, you might need a smaller bag. You might actually need a 20-inch bag. Agreed. I'm also looking for something soft-sided and expandable, two wheels, And because I need to look like an adult when I show up at the places I'm going, I want a suitor sleeve to cut down on ironing. And you want to have at least one external pocket that allows some organization, so some smaller items that you might want to have easy access to, but you don't want to put in your tote bag or your backpack. We're also looking for something with a really good warranty. Warranty is key. And when we say a really good warranty, we mean a warranty for anything. Because anything can happen to your suitcase. We want a company that stands by its product for a lifetime. So ultimately, the brand that we recommend, the brand that we love is... Briggs & Riley. Briggs & Riley, and specifically the Briggs & Riley Baseline series. Judith and I both have a half bag. I call it a half bag. We actually call it the Never Surrender bag because it fits under the seat in front of us. I think that's great for two or three day trips. I also have a 20-inch Toomey that I love. You might be wondering why we're going with Briggs & Riley versus Toomey. And the reason is that the Toomey of today is not the Toomey of 14 years ago. My 20-inch Toomey is from 14 years ago. I'm still using it. I paid $450 for that thing. It was probably more than I needed to spend at the time on a suitcase. I have not regretted a single penny. It has gone with me everywhere. But as Catherine says, the Toomey of 14 years ago is not the Toomey of today. Toomey no longer has a lifetime warranty. They don't stand by their product in the way that Briggs & Riley does. Briggs & Riley will replace your bag or repair your bag no matter what happens. I had a woman share a story with me when she saw my Never Surrender bag. Her husband has the same Never Surrender bag, and he had some sort of shaving cream explosion Took it to the dry cleaner. They couldn't clean it. He sent it back to Briggs and Riley to be cleaned. They just sent him a new bag. But we also understand that Briggs and Riley is super pricey, especially if you aren't a hardcore road warrior, if you're really only traveling once a quarter or for pleasure. And in that case, we have a low cost alternate, and that is it's the Travel Pro Platinum Magna 2. Yeah. It's probably about a third the price of Briggs & Riley. They have a lovely range. Um, In a future podcast, we're going to talk about why we prefer two wheels to spinners. Um, But they have both. And they also have a lifetime warranty, although it's not quite as generous as Briggs & Riley. It should cover you for whatever happens while you're on the road. And if you're going to put the miles in, it's absolutely worth it to invest in a good suitcase. Because this bag, it's going to be with you. It's going to be with you wherever you go. And the last thing that you want, and I've actually had this happen, is to have a bag that actually falls apart when you're on the road. And we promise you that won't happen with Briggs & Riley. And if anything does happen, they will replace it. Yeah. Don't be the person who's running around the airport with a bag that only has some percentage of the wheels that it's supposed to have, not a full complement. It's not great. So our travel tip with respect to products is... If you have the dollars and travel enough, Briggs & Riley baseline. And if you don't, Travel Pro Platinum Magna 2. All right. That's our maiden voyage. You can catch us back here every single Monday. If you enjoyed this show, we have a small favor to ask. 
please leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps spread the word about our show. And, you know, tell your friends, too. You can check out all of our articles and product reviews at crosscheckallcall.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at crosscheckallcall to stay up to date on all the news. I'm Catherine Chef. And I'm Judith Williams. Our theme was composed by DJ Crimson. Crosscheck and All Call is produced by Phil Circus. We'll see you next week.